All right, let's dive into this. I don't have much time, and I had a great, I had a, I had something great. We may have to do it next time. I don't know. We might do it tonight. Just maybe go about ten minutes long. Uh, we were, I was at the funeral today, and this may not, you may not know this name. I'm going to do a little bit of name dropping today. But I got to the funeral thinking I, I'm always the one that does the funeral for families. You know, it's just that I'm just the. It's like the whatever. You know, I show up, I got to pray. I show up, I got to do this. I show up to funerals, I got to preach them. Doesn't matter if it's how close I am or how far I am. I'm usually the, I'm the hired hand, I guess. And, you know, it's, it's funny sometimes, but I didn't get asked this time. Everybody was saying, are you preaching? Are you preaching it? No. Well, who is? Well, I don't know. Nobody told me. So I got there, and you can see how I dressed. I didn't wear a suit. I wore a tie, but I didn't dress really up. I dressed how I wanted to dress, I guess. And uh, I got there, and in the back of my mind, I was hoping this guy would show up to preach it because I knew where this family went to church. And sure enough, it was Lyndall Cooley preached the message today. Lyndall Cooley was the worship leader from the Brownsville Revival, um, is just this world-renowned worship leader. Uh, And we've had him in our church. We had him here probably six, seven years ago. And he now has a church in Nashville, and I knew that this family went to church there, and sure enough, there he was. So it was a, and it was an awesome message. He basically, he said, I'm just going to evangelize, and he just led that whole congregation to the Lord. It was awesome. I've never seen any funeral like that, but it was great. All right, anyway. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you, and when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. Those of you that are new tonight, those of you that have not been coming for this series so far, we are going to be looking at all these ites and how these ites apply to our lives today. If you remember from a week or two ago, all Scripture is there for our benefit. So this study is, is a Greek and Hebrew study of these ites. When I say ites, I mean the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Amorites. What is the significance of these ites? If all Scripture has been placed there for us, for today, then how does this apply? And I want you to know, I believe that we have allowed enemies to to reside at our home. And I don't just mean inside our home walls, I mean inside our home, in our heart. I'm going to show you two tonight. These seven enemies, I want you to catch what it said before, that they are mightier than us. They outnumber us but that the Lord is going to deliver them, and when He delivers them to us, it's, the war isn't over. I don't know if you read it, but when the Lord, your God, delivers them over to you, now you have to conquer them. You shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. I would hope that as the Lord delivered them to us, we would show up and they would just be dead. I would like to walk the aisle when I was five years old at First Baptist Church and give my heart to Jesus and go home and all my enemies be dead. But they weren't. They were still there. The difference was they've been delivered to me to stomp them. 
me as a five-year-old boy, now had the ability by the power of God to stomp those into the ground. Are you all with me? I want you to know, uh, Elizabeth will probably kill me for saying this, so don't anybody tell her I said it, okay? Pete's going to kill me too. But Pete came home Sunday night and he said, hey, I healed Rob's knee. I'm like, that, what? That doesn't sound right. What? I healed Rob's knee. And Elizabeth's like, okay, wait a minute. You did not heal Rob's knee. God healed Rob's knee through you. And the the light bulb that needed to go out off in Pete's mind was he was the connection from heaven to earth. That connection was Jesus in him that connected heaven to your knee to get healed. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Justin is a very strong prophet. And that is starting to get off on those kids up at the youth house. And let let me tell you, that gets me excited. And I I fought with Rob a little bit today thinking, man, you're going to give a testimony about my son. Nah, let's don't do that. Let's wait until another, another child prays for you and heals you. Let's don't do it with Pete. Then I thought, no, no, let's, let's let that kid that got up here. And when Zach said, I want you to cut loose on this song this Sunday morning, he started dancing and jumping around. His voice cracked, and he came home saying, did you hear my voice crack? I said, no, shut up. Quit saying it. Nobody heard it. It was good. But that's what's going on in our youth. That's what Justin, through the Lord, is imparting into those kids is a belief that they can face what they're facing. It's not some surfacey thing that's going on up there and they're having a good time. Nope, they're being equipped to take on the enemies that are sitting at home when they get home with their iPods, with their computers, with their friends. These things that they are facing, they are getting equipped to handle. And I want you to know you are to be equipped to handle them. You have been equipped. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because he's given it to you. Don't leave it sitting in the closet to gain dust. Put on the whole armor of God and let's go slay some giants. This list as we go through it isn't every enemy that we would encounter, but it is a good place to start. And as we look at it, church, look at you. Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at your co-worker, your boss. Look at you. What has come on you? 1 Samuel 17, 47 says, Then all this assembly shall know the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. He will give you into our hands. The Lord wants to deliver the enemy into our hands. He has delivered. He has conquered. The, the deal is done. Jesus at the cross has paid the price. Jesus does not have to go back to the cross for what you're facing. It's over. Now what's left is you conquering. What's left is you conquering and taking the land. Let's hit the first one. The Hittite. If you, has anybody ever heard of a Strong's Concordance? Look it up. Go Google it when you get home. Um, it is a way to be able to go back to the Hebrew 
for the Old Testament and the Greek for the New Testament to find out what do these words mean. And what's so cool now is the internet will, will sometimes do side by side. You can have a Bible scripture and then have the Greek and Hebrew right next to it, side by side. Amazing how much we can learn right now. It's also amazing how you can read a scripture, and if you will dig a little bit into that scripture, you will see so much more than what we read in English. So if you look up the word Hittite, and I've given the Strong's numbers, there's four, 2850, 2851, 2865, 2845. If you go to the Strong's Concordance, look up those numbers, you're going to find this word. What this word means in the Hebrew is fear and dread. Now, you may think right away, and I'm, I guess I'm just going to do this first one. I was wanting us to, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to spill the beans on you. I was wanting us to split into small groups and just talk some of these things out, but it's not going to happen tonight. We're going to, uh, some of you guys are saying, oh, thank God, I'm not going to have to do that. Bear with me though, church. Uh, you know, we learn in groups, we learn with interaction, we need to connect. We need to connect. So don't be afraid um, it's not going to be some confessional time. I mean, it can be. It can be a he- it's a time of healing. It's a time of being able to confess out of your mouth some of the struggles that maybe you're having. But it's not one of those things where we're going to be digging for whatever dirt you've got. No, no. We're, we're looking for the, for the light of the Lord to come, to light up some areas of your life that, that we've got darkness. How many of you know we're walking around with some darkness sometimes? And we need the light to shine on us, to show us what needs to be cleared out. The Hittite means terror, anger, fear, intimidation. Now listen to me. This is a big one. Christians that battle this enemy have a hard time dealing with their anger. Real quick, you would think, oh man, he's going back into the spirit of fear like he did on Sunday. No, no, today I'm talking about us battling with a spirit of anger. Now, I know this hits home. I have battled this one. I battled this one. You know, Scripture says, be angry, but don't sin. And that's a fine line. Anger is a good thing when it motivates you to righteousness. When it motivates you away from righteousness, it's sin. And the problem is, we cross over that way too easy. They have a short fuse and can explode without warning. This is someone who is battling a Hittite. As a result, they tend to intimidate, intimidate people around them. The word contains the concept of beating down or causing others to be prostrate. And there's always an underlying threat of violence, whether physical or verbal, when dealing with a Hittite. Now, don't miss this. This may just need to be between you and God. And don't raise your hand. You know, raise your hand in the spirit with me just a minute. Is that you? Do you battle anger? It's okay. It's okay. There's a way out. The Lord has given us a way out. He is going to deliver that spirit of anger right before you to conquer. And you do not have to live a life of having to intimidate people to get the results you're looking for. When you intimidate someone, 
you're not going to get the results. You may get a short-term result, but the long-term will be devastating. Do you know that intimidation, manipulation, and domination are all forms of witchcraft? Did you know you're trying to control? They're forms of control. And, uh, you know, you see it in kids. You see it in adults. You see it in marriages. You see it in women. You see it in men. So many times, you can't debate with a person battling a Hittite because they get mad. Let's just take this outside of ourselves, and I'm I'm a little bit reluctant to do this, but do you know somebody that every time you have a conversation with them, they get mad? Every time. To the point that they'll leave, storm out. Now, do you have that tendency? Sometimes even storm out of the church in the midst of a message because they took the Word of God personally and got mad. And let me tell you, there is such a force, a demonic force, that will fight to keep that spirit of anger in you. It is all-out war. Most of the time, we allow this enemy to remain in our lives. We have allowed this enemy to remain in our lives since we were children. The inability to deal with a temper or anger gets passed down from an angry parent. Let me ask you this. Have you had an angry parent? These enemies can be passed down to a third and fourth generation if not recognized and driven out of our lives. If you've, if you've been with us on, at Church on the Hill for the past year or two years, on Wednesday night we talked about blessings and curses and how you can have curses in your life that have been passed down from generation to generation. And if you don't know it, you start living with it. You start expecting these kind of results, and really it becomes a part of your life until someone finally tells you that's not part of the blood covenant through Jesus Christ for your life. And then we've got to identify, okay, Lord, how do I get rid of this enemy? Because getting rid of the enemy without God won't work. So we've got to find out, Lord, how do we drive this spirit of anger? How do we drive this Hittite out? It's so difficult when you're married to someone who is battling a Hittite. Spousal and child abuse can result from this. A spouse of a Hittite will take on the demeanor of one who is beat down and even begin to lose their own personality. They're afraid of their spouse's outburst of anger and they become so intimidated to even express themselves. Literally, they can begin to lose their emotional expression. Unfortunately, the way that Satan battles this is you've been told by someone that that's just the way that you are and that people just need to deal with it. I'm going to fight a teaching that we even do here in this church a little bit with the motivational gifts that when you start to learn which motivational gift you have, sometimes you allow that gift to be a crutch in your life. Take the, take the uh, uh, what's, what are they called? Um, black and white, the uh, uh, prophet, prophecy, um, perceivers. 
Um, when you start to break down the perceiver, you see what the gifts and the, the positives are, but when you see what the negatives are is that they see things so black and white. And uh, so many times I've seen with perceivers is they rationalize their black and whiteness so much that they don't mind to just go ahead and offend you because that's how God made them. No, 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 no. God made you to have a spirit of self-control. God made you to, to have a spirit of love, power, love, and a sound mind. And we've got to learn to take the gift that God has had and let it be conformed and be used in the way that He desires for it to be used. So this spirit of anger, this spirit of anger, sometimes we can justify, that's just how I am. I can tell you that my wife has had to learn to cope with some issues that I have. And so much so, let me just tell you one of them. Because there's only one. And I'll close with this. <laughs> because you could probably add some more. But we're not going to continue. Um, I was the type of person that, uh, you know, I, we got married and I said I love you at the altar and didn't say it anymore. I said it. You heard it. That's it. If you ever wonder, you, you know, don't, want, don't wonder, I, you know I love you. But I stopped saying it. And she was the type that said it all the time. All the time. Coming and going. And eventually, she stopped. She stopped asking me to say it. She just realized I wasn't going to say it anymore, and she coped. She didn't cope in a negative way. She just tried to cope with not being told that and being okay with that. And I bet it was years before I recognized it. And I finally said, you don't say I love you to me anymore. Why? Well, because you never say it to me. She said, I do love you. I think it all the time. So, instead of just saying, well, thank God we don't have to say I love you anymore. I missed that part of her. I longed for that part of her. So what did I do? I started saying I love you. I had to kind of train myself. I didn't think it. I had to train myself. And instead of allowing myself to be how I am, now this is the one area that I tried to, to do better. You know, there's so many other things where, guys, we lock ourselves in and we're just not going to do it. I've told you all the story. I, 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 I swore I would never give my kids a bath because Elizabeth's dad gave the, her family baths, but my dad didn't give baths. And I wasn't going to become her dad. You get married and all of a sudden your wife thinks you're her dad and you're not. And first year of marriage, you're struggling because you're trying to, we're trying to figure out each other. And I'm thinking she's my mom and she's not my mom. She's far from my mom. She's not going to pick up my clothes and spoon feed me. And no, she's not. God, what have I done? And she's like, God, what have you done? But here's Elizabeth, eight months pregnant, taking our 17-month-old child up the stairs, can't hardly walk up the stairs, and she had been asking me to give him a bath, and I told her I wasn't going to. Finally said, doggone it, okay, I will. And I was mad, and I thought, I'm going to do this, but she's going to know I hate it. She's going to wish you never asked me to do this. So I gave her a bath. Then two days later, or next day, whatever, time to give her a bath again. I'm still going to hate it. <laughs> However often you're supposed to give a kid a bath, she told me, I don't know. Am I speaking from the heart, and is that not the truth? It might have been twice a day. I don't know, whatever. 
So I'm going to give the bath again. I'm not going to give her a bath. I'm not. And here I go, give her a bath. I'm not going to like this. I can't believe you're making me do this. Doggone it. Next thing you know, it's my favorite time of the night. It was such a blessing to me to be able to connect with my daughter and her just sing. And there was no, there was no stress. It was just, I'm just going to make up songs and I'm just going to sing and I'm just going to be silly with daddy. And then came my fourth child and I had to stop giving them baths. And it broke my heart. Even with the wrong attitude, let me encourage you, men. Figure out what your wife is having to deal with and start trying to help out. Start trying to change. Don't be the same guy today. Don't be the same guy in a year from now that you were today in your marriage. Be better. We are to be transformed. We are to be transforming into the image of Christ. Now, guys, y'all all know me. I still struggle. I still have all my struggles. Y'all know that. We all do. We're trying to get better. We're never going to be perfect. Never. So just give that one up. You're never going to be perfect. But will you try? And what I want to say to you men, I'm just going to say to the men, ladies, y'all take this too, anger. Can you improve with anger? Do you really have a spirit of anger? then I want you to know that enemy has been conquered and it's time for you to go take it. You don't have to act like that anymore. You don't have to act like that anymore. You may say, well, I'll never get my wife to do what I need her to do. Yes, you will, because the Lord will be in it. Wives, you won't have to, you won't have to be mean to your husbands in order to get him to do what you want to do. The Lord will deal with him. He's better at it than you anyway. I'm telling you, what you're doing is you're getting God in your camp. And you're getting that enemy out. I'm not telling you it's your job to go home and help your husband get over his anger. I'm telling you, you deal with your anger. Husbands, you deal with your anger. I was hoping to get to two tonight. We got to one. All right, did y'all receive? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just command a spirit of anger to be gone out of this body right here. I just ask you, church body, just to agree with me that this spirit of anger be gone. Be gone in my life. Be gone in your life. Be gone in my family. You have no right to be in my home. And if anyone has sown that seed in our family, it's been me. And Lord, I just ask you, forgive me. And help me to identify that spirit of anger, that Hittite that is trying to come in. And Lord, I thank you that you have equipped me. You have given me your word. You have given me your power to be able to drive that spirit out. Your word says that you have already delivered them to me. I just need to conquer them. In the name of Jesus over this body. I just ask you, Lord, that we would have victory starting right now over the spirit of anger. That we would make a commitment today to get in the word, to be filled with your spirit, 
and to drive that spirit out. Thank you, Lord. Just thank you for tonight. I just pray for miracles over this body. I pray for finance blessing. I pray for health blessing. I pray for family and marital blessing. Lord, I just pray that the blessings of God would find us and overtake us because we are coming after you. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a good rest of the week. We will see you Sunday morning. 9.15 Sunday school, 10.30 service.